DJ, PK, and Matt Brown joining us now, covering college football nationally for Extra Points newsletter and podcast. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. So secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Matt, I'm irritated, and I suspect you are too. The college football season is almost here in Oklahoma, Texas, the SEC, and now this alliance thing. We needed this weeks and months ago. We didn't need this now. What are they doing? What about us? What about our needs? <laughs> They're completely screwing up my publishing schedule, right? I want this in July. That's extra point season, right? Like that, because I'm the you. guy that wants to really get in the weeds with that kind of stuff. It's 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 was completely insensitive, and and honestly, like. I'm even more angry because I sat through that entire Alliance press conference, which absolutely should have been an, e- uh, an email. It, should have been, it was a meeting <laughs> well, they did do an that, email. that went way too long yeah. and wasted everyone's time. They didn't talk about, they didn't say out loud the part that seems pretty obvious. The SEC's gone to 16, and it suddenly occurred to every league, wait a minute, they might do to us what they did to the Big 12. They're, giving, they're doing ESPN's bidding. ESPN's, here, take some money. We'll pay you well. Let's get a monopoly on the top tier of college football. And so these 41 teams with a handshake deal, they're not held together by a document. They're held together by fear. Most of them fear that they could be on the outside looking in. It was fine when they did it to the Mountain West and the Big East, but they don't want it done to them. And so they're creating this alliance and more TV product and trying to generate enough money that the – Penn State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan, USC, and Oregon, don't, Florida State, don't take off for the SEC. And they'll take a few friends with them, but they're not sure which ones, and it's scaring the you-know-what out of all of them. But nobody wants to call out ESPN and the SEC and admit they're in a position of weakness dealing from fear. So they end up saying nothing because they can't say what's really important. That's bad PR. Nobody would do that. Your thoughts? I mean, yeah, it's also bad PR to to a press conference where you don't say anything and set up this big press release to every reporter saying that this is actually about academics. Like, it, I don't think the big concern is so much that the SEC is going to poach USC and Ohio State um, and, and create their own little 2018 league and, and sail off. Like, that, that, that is a something that is popular uh, maybe among a couple of athletic directors and a lot of SEC mouthpieces, but it's not really practical. The, the bigger concern here is, hey, we expand the playoff in, say, two years which is, uh, you know, and the working group that created that proposal did not include any input from the Pac-12, from the Big Ten, or the ACC. We expand that, and we let ESPN have complete monopoly control over this thing for the next decade. And and I think the Pac-12 and the Big Ten realize there's a pretty good chance when they do their next television deals that ESPN's not going to be a major partner. ESPN might not end up picking up any Pac-12 rights at all. Uh, for the for the, this next television deal, do you want then the, the or the entity that controls all of the bowls and controls uh, you know, essentially controls the playoff to then have a deep seated commercial interest in two and a half leagues and then put on their personalities trashing your league ahead of the selection show every single week? No, like and and I think that that's kind of happened already. The only way to really fight back against that is to take the college football playoff to market, which honestly might not actually generate that much more money, but it's about control. It's about empowering Fox. It's about CBS, NBC, maybe somebody else getting into the bidding here, which is what most professional leagues do to kind of diffuse that power. Cause we're looking at a world here where the NCAA is as weak as it's been since the 1940s. And the entity that really controls college football or to the extent that anything does is ESPN. 
And uh, if you're not already working with ESPN or tied in with that league, you're probably not comfortable with that arrangement. Um, and that's certainly the case for the Pac-12 and the Big Ten right now. Is it best for college football, though, to spread it out in the way that the NFL does because you look at their playoff formats and virtually all of these networks have multiple games? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's probably better for the consumer, uh, especially if you don't really like some of the production or the, the fanfare that, that comes in with the college football playoff. I, I imagine it's frustrating if you're a fan of a, of a Mountain West or a Sunbelt team and you're watching a Thursday night ESPN game and they're, all they're doing is talking about Clemson in the playoff because they have to pump up that product, um, it, it might be better for the, you know, the broadcast experience if that's spread out amongst, amongst other, uh, other, other companies. I don't necessarily know if it's going to make more money, um, because by 2026, when this uh, comes up for market again, it's possible that more money will be leaving the conventional linear to broadcast television marketplace and going to things like YouTube or Amazon, um, and it, maybe it won't command quite the, the same rights fee that it might if ESPN buys the whole thing out in 2023. Um, you know, my livelihood doesn't, doesn't depend on that, but I think if you're a West Coast football fan, that's probably the outcome that you want. So then does CBS, with no SEC in a few years, are they going to end up televising uh, a Big Ten, Pac-12 doubleheader, or maybe even two Big Ten games and one Pac-12, and do a triple header the way Fox does, and will Fox be doing the same thing with two Big Ten games and and one Pac-12 game, and you know FS1 picking up the rest of the Pac-12? Yeah, I, I think I think it's entirely possible. You know, both of those networks have professional sports commitments that can sometimes make going all in on college football challenging. I think anybody whose favorite team is uh, you know is, is mostly broadcast on Fox. It knows what it's like when, you're, when your broadcast gets preempted for Major League Baseball or, or, or for something else later in the fall when you end up on BTN or, or some other overflow network. But I, I, from what I've been hearing over the last several weeks, I don't believe that CBS is out of the big-time college football game, even though they've lost the SEC. I know they've been kicking the tires on some low- and mid-majors. Uh, you know, the, the ESPN controls almost all of those right now. CBS Sports Network would like to have some of those like they have here with the Mountain West. Uh, and I would expect as whatever's left of the Big 12, the Big 10, the Pac-12 hits the marketplace in a couple of years. I don't know if they'll win any of those bids, but I definitely expect them to be active. You think in the short term, is there, uh, for, for the Alliance, maybe some bigger games out of it? Can we get anything out of it? No, probably not. I, and and the, at least at least on the football side, and that's just because you know Kevin Warren and George Klyakov said like during this press conference, we're not here to um, to tear up any existing contracts. And the, all you have to do, is, guys, is pull up SV schedules, and you can see that most of the big Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC teams are scheduled out through 2028, if not the early 2030s. There's there's not really room. You might have a couple of athletic directors that are going to try to move things around, and you might get one, you know, maybe one game that's not previously scheduled with the Alliance on the next couple of seasons. Where it's way more likely to happen is with all the other sports that aren't scheduled like a jillion years in the future. So if you're a Utah lacrosse fan um, and you want to get more Big Ten or ACC games on your schedule before you're, what do you? I think you're in like the A Sun now. Great, I think that's possible. Um, there's already a Big Ten ACC challenge in, in men's and women's basketball. Could the Pac-12 get involved in some of that some more in the immediate future? Yeah, I, I think I think that that's that's probable. So if you're a fan of Utah basketball and you want to see Michigan State, like I, I think I think that's that's something that could happen. But on the football side, 
by the time there's enough scheduling room for all this to happen, man, we might all be dead. There might there might be a meteor. <laughs> College football could look totally different. Like I I I I don't have the room in my heart to care about a scheduling arrangement in 2034. Same here. See, I think that in the next, like, I'm looking at USC's future schedule right now, and USC's got one game in 24, one in 25, but they are wide open in 2027. So the new TV deal isn't kicking in until 2025. So they just kind of bide their time. But from 2025 on, they've only got five games scheduled, and two of them are Notre or six games scheduled, and two of them are Notre Dame games. So I, I think that that, and I also wonder if the pack, if all these leagues aren't going to eight eight conference games, and then two alliance games. So they'll still have ten power fives, plenty good enough to get you into a, a playoff if you're a good team. Sure. I mean, you know, during, during the presser, you know, the Pac-12 said, like, look, through our TV deal right now, we have a contractual agreement to remain at nine mm-hmm. conference games. So if we want to switch to eight, you know, maybe we could try to negotiate that with ESPN and Fox if we're replacing that with, like, a big-time you know, game. But, but that's going to be a challenge, especially on short notice and especially because – they're really trying to negotiate a big rights fee increase. Um, depending on how you count that Notre Dame game, you know, that, that's possible. But if, if you're USC, and USC's already been complaining about how the Pac-12 schedule has done them no favors and how they have to play you know, Notre Dame all the time, um, if they're going to pick up another Alliance game, if you're going to count Notre Dame as that ACC game, do you want that team to be Ohio State or do you want that team to be Indiana? Uh, I, I, can, I can definitely see the argument for not wanting to super aggressively schedule, especially if – the 12-team playoffs not happening for a few more years. If it's a four-team schedule, there's a four-team playoff, there's not really a big incentive for USC to go more aggressive scheduling than they already are right now. So what do you think the SEC was doing during this press conference that said literally nothing? They were laughing. I've I've even reached out to some athletic directors. They're like, what are we doing here? Um, they, I, I, I don't think they're taking it personally. I think they understand that this is the, 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 the binding principle of this entire organ entity here is not SEC. But the, the fact that they're not able to really articulate any kind of meaningful vision beyond we're not the SEC, you know, is, is not going to threaten anybody here, right? Like, if they come back and say, we've got a scheduling agreement, it's going to kick in 2027. We are going to push for these seven things in the NCAA Constitutional Convention. We want to do X, Y, or Z. Okay, then maybe you can respond to that. But platitudes is something that Big Ted's been really good at, you know, talking about since the 30s. Um, action has been a different thing. I think the SEC probably, they, they can just shrug anything off because they're the SEC and they're dealing from a position of strength. I think if there was anyone upset with what they were hearing in the alliance, it was ESPN because they know that these three are going to angle to keep CBS and Fox in play for the postseason because that will keep them in play for the regular season as well. Sure. And, you know, but, but hey, you know who owns the rights for the ACC's full, you know, all of their media now in the 2030s? Yeah. Is the is ESPN, which also makes you think. I don't know how stable this whole alliance is, right? Nothing was. There's no contract, right? Nothing's nothing's written down, and ESPN could put the squeeze on the ACC because the ACC is desperate to get out of that deal. It's a not. It's not a good television deal. They're going to be passed in annual revenue by Utah, by Oregon State, and by Colorado um, in, in about five or six years because they have no chance to improve that those rights. If ESPN comes in there and says, "Listen, you drop your opposition here, taking this to market." We'll redo your deal and give everybody $9 million a year more. You're going to be able to peel off a couple of those schools. Right. Yeah. And so do you see that that's, that's a, what level of legitimacy is that possibility? 
Yeah, I, I, I think I think that is that is entirely possible. You know, there's there's a reason the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have been working together administratively for you know since the 30s, right? Since, since the since the the Pacific Coast Conference became kind of a thing. Those schools have a lot in common. That's really not that true with the ACC. D- despite all the the protests otherwise here, they have different. Uh, commercial interests, they have different philosophical interests. Like, you can't get up here in the microphone and say, we are all committed to broad-based athletic programming when Clemson literally was sued this year for trying to drop their men's track team and when they're sponsoring the NCAA minimum. Like, they are explicitly running their athletic department like an SEC team. Uh, and that's true for Syracuse. That's true for Louisville on, on, on some levels. It's, it's not the same thing. And so if ESPN wants to apply some leverage or if some push comes back from other places, I don't know if you can keep a crew of 41 schools altogether. So then uh, this has always been on the back burner, but it goes to the front burner. If the ACC and the Big Ten really aren't aligned and you make good points, then the tug of war over Notre Dame should accelerate because neither one can afford to lose that. And maybe Notre Dame does stay independent forever. But man, if I were the Big Ten, I'd be a little worried that they got one foot in the ACC. Oh, sure. I mean, they, they have more than one foot. And it's not like Notre Dame can really easily join the Big Ten at this point because Notre Dame has a contractual obligation to join the ACC well into the 2030s if they join any league. And, and that, that is a concern. It, it's in the Big Ten's interest for Notre Dame football to remain independent than it is for them to join any league and potentially you know, upset the balance of power for revenue-wise. Um, and that's something to keep in mind for college football playoff deliberations, right? If there's a way for Notre Dame to win 10 games and get like a six seed and, and remain independent, they're going to do that until the earth stops spinning. <laughs> it's not about money. That is about institutional identity. There are enough old school uh, Irish boosters who would throw a temper tantrum because like people forget this. Notre Dame almost joined the big 10 in the nineties. Um, like their, their academic wing voted to do it. And it was, they had a riot among their boosters and fans. And they'll do that again unless they have absolutely no choice. And it's in everyone else's best interest, other than the ACC, to let them have that choice. Do you think going forward down the line in a number of years, schools like Utah are in a vulnerable position? Um, a, a little bit. I mean, I mean, there's this popular idea here every offseason, like the Power Five is going to split, right? They're, they're going to have their own 64-team super conference or whatever, and they want to do everything their own way. Well, you know, up, up until a month or two ago, I would have said that that's really not likely. That's not something schools want. They want to be a part of the NCAA. They want to be a part of the men's basketball tournament. But if we're going to kind of go down this accelerationist timeline, the magic number is not 64. The magic number is a lot smaller than that. And there will eventually come a point, if we head down this timeline, when schools like USC and Ohio State and Clemson will sit down and really think, do I need Wake Forest? Do I, do I need Vanderbilt? Do I need Purdue? Do I really need those? And then, you know, that, that could potentially put a, a school like Utah in a, in a more challenging position. And they, I think they've done everything that you could possibly expect them to do. They've been one of the most athletically, consistently successful teams in multiple sports in the, in the Pac-12 since they came in here. You have a growing market. You have maybe one of the only real college football cities, I think, within the Pac-12 footprint. Like, San Francisco is not a college football town. It's not like it's, that, that place cares about it, and it's growing. But there's no guarantees. So much about what makes you a dynamite brand isn't what you did last year. It's what you did 100 years ago. <laughs> and, and so Utah 
and, and plenty of the other, you know, kind of newer money programs in college athletics are going to be at a more disadvantaged place. It's always going to be better to be Ohio State than it, or UCLA for that matter, who not as good at sports uh, than it is Utah or Colorado. That brings us right back to where we started, that what's driving this is fear because there are a lot of schools like Utah. I mean, just taking the Pac-12, if you were slimming down to 40 teams instead of 64, 68, whatever, if you're slimming down to 40 teams or to 36 or to 32, well, in the Pac-12, USC, Oregon, and Washington are golden locks, nothing to worry about. Washington State, Oregon State, and Arizona, I don't really see a path. I, I, no way. I think you're done. Now, the other six schools, somewhere between, you know, maybe two or four of you are going to be okay. Well, with three, it'd probably be three or five of you would be okay. But somebody could easily get squeezed out, and you just don't know who that's going to be. All you can do is focus on what's in your control right now. And, and you, you do that by um, building up your financial infrastructure. It, it's, it really is more than just who's good at sports, right? Um, obviously that helps. I mean, the, the last decade has been absolutely atrocious for Cal and, and is going to put them in a, a weaker position if, if there's more realignment, I think, or, or more fissures in, in college sports. But it's not just that. It's also what can you do to, what can you do to make yourself more financially independent? What, what can you do to grow your fan base beyond your immediate geographic market? How can you monetize that and build a connection for that beyond just tickets for an event? Um, I think Utah's done just about everything it possibly can do and you just have to, you, you already, you know, the rare team that played yourself into a bigger league. Um, I don't think they're in danger of being banished back to the Mountain West tomorrow or anything. Uh, but th- that's, that's, all, that's all you can focus on. And it, I think if you're a student of college football history and you look at the history of college football in the West, that's always been a problem on the back burner. It's why the Pacific Coast Conference blew up. It's why Arizona State and Arizona are in this league. It's why the Airplane Conference almost happened. The big schools in Los Angeles have always been threatening to bolt, and they've always had one eye out the door because they don't want to be with Washington State or Oregon State anymore, and there's always a possibility that that could happen. Last thing before we let you go, uh, do you buy the Pac-12 going to 14 teams? Do you think K-State and Oklahoma State would happen? And if so, is the Big Ten adding Kansas and somebody, maybe West Virginia, no, maybe no, somebody else? No, 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 no. I, 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 this is the kind of thing where if there was any juice to this, I would have heard about it, right? Like, I write about this all the time on Extra Points. Institutional fit matters much more in conference realignment than a lot of sports writers give it credit for. And that means something different for different leagues, Right. The West Coast Conference institutional fit means you're a religious private school. In the, in the Pac-12, that means generally you are a state-sponsored large research institution that's good at multiple sports. That's not Kansas State. That's not Texas Tech. That's not Oklahoma State. And none of them are good enough at sports to, to overcome that by themselves. None of them are going to substantially increase the revenue pie. If you bring in Kansas State, you're going to be losing money. Because there's there that that's that's the epitome of a non-national brand. That's a Mountain West school um, that that made the right friends back in the 1930s. Um, there's 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 no chance. Um, and, and we're we're going to hear about that on Friday. They were basically saying that in the presser, like you know, this union achieves many of the goals that we would have had here with expansion. Um, there's really not a good option for the Pac-12 to add another team that will appease all of those presidents, whether that's in the Big 12 leftovers whether that's in the Mountain West, whether that's an independent, whether that's a team in China, like that, that team just doesn't exist right now. Matt, we appreciate the time and all the opinions. I bet 
we will be calling you to ask you to come on this show again because we have not heard the last of any of this. I, 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 I think you're probably right. Friends, this is the kind of thing that interests you. You can find me at Matt Brown EP on Twitter. You can find Extra Points, which is a newsletter that covers all of this stuff with original reporting at extrapointsmb.com. Thank you, Matt. Yep, no problem. Take it easy, fellas. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone, getting you up to speed on everything we've been talking about all morning long, and we'll do it next.